Good morning. How y'all doing? Fantastic. We're going to try that one more time because some people don't seem excited to be here, and I am. <laughs> All right. How y'all doing this morning? Let me tell you the reason why you should be excited, because you guys chose today to come to church, and today can be one of those days that literally can be life-changing. Uh, today, we're, uh, we do what we're going to be doing today at the end of the service. Um, we do four times a year. And it's called Group Link. And we're going to be giving you some more information about it in a little bit. But really, what it is, it's a place where you can connect with other people who are like you, who have your same morals, values, sense of humor, whatever. And it literally can be life-changing. Um, I can tell you, uh, it's been life-changing for me. Uh, every one of our pastors, every one of our staff is in a community group. And uh, the reason why we say that is because we value it. So um, I'm so excited today that you're here. And uh, at the end of the service, uh, you guys are going to be given cards, if you haven't got one already, that you can fill out so you can go to group link. And again, we're going to be giving you some more information about that. We're in week two of our series entitled White Flag. How many of y'all were here last Sunday? All right, cool. If you weren't here last Sunday, I really would encourage you to go on our website and uh, listen or download our podcast. They're free um, because everything that we're going to be doing uh, every week is going to be building on the previous week. And I'll tell you, one of the things that we talked about as we opened up last week is that all of us, many of us as we saw, have ran away from home. In fact, uh, if, it, it, I don't know exactly how your experience, if it was like mine, but many times running away from home was a lot about running from something and not about running to something, right? I mean, you ran from your parents or from your mom or from your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom. You ran from them and you got to the end of the driveway, right? You didn't think it through. There really wasn't going to someplace, it was coming from someplace. You wanted to run away, or you got to the end of the street, you got to the end of your neighborhood, and you, you kind of left scratching your head going, okay, what's next? Because all of us have this tendency to run from something, and we don't really think it through about where we're running to. And one of the things we unpacked last week is this idea, that just like many of us have chose to run away from home, that almost all of us, if not all of us, the Bible says, the Bible says that we run away from God. That we have this tendency, when God says, I want you to go left, or I want you to go right, that we have this tendency to say, nuh-uh, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do my own thing, my own way. And, that, that, and, and it's, it's like universal for all of us. And that's what we really started unpacking last week, is all of us have this tendency to run from God. And it was probably around the time you got your driver's license that um, you kind of maybe, and I hear this at one church all the time, that some people maybe grew up in church and uh, they got their driver's license or they got to college or they uh, ended up uh, going into the army and that's when everybody said, see ya, I'm not going to be ya, I'm, I'm going to leave church, I'm going to leave my faith. Some people have even went so far as says, you know what, I don't even believe in God anymore. Most people, it doesn't happen that extreme though. What we have a tendency to do is we run from God in just a specific area. We still come to church, we still pray, right? We still talk to God, but there's this one area that we say, God, keep your hands off of that. You know, I don't mind you getting involved in this area, but God, keep your hands off of this one area. And for some of us, we have ran from God to a relationship. And we said, God, I'm going to follow you in every other way, but let me tell you, she's hot. 
and I think she's great looking. Or if you're a, a lady, he looks great in a pair of tight jeans. All right? Um, there, I mean, we have this idea, you know what? It's easier for them to become a Christian than to try to find a Christian who's hot. So I am going to start dating them even though I know my parents would improve, even though I, knew, I, I know my friend's parents wouldn't approve, even though I even know that God wouldn't approve. And God, I'm still going to pray to you, but hands off of this. For some of you, you ran from God to a financial decision. Then you said, you know what, I'm going to trust God in every other area of my life, but when it comes to my finances, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do what I want to do. And we kind of put God in the rearview mirror. We kind of put God on the back burner. And that is where we left it last week. We're going to be looking at one of the most famous runners in the Bible, and his name is, anybody know? Jonah. Exactly right. Now let me tell you, if you don't know where the book of Jonah is, Good luck, because this is a hard one to find. In fact, if you, get, if you actually have one of the Bibles that we provide, it's on page 701. Um, but if you have version or if you have your Bible on your phone, go ahead and turn there now. No shame looking at the table of contents, I'm going to be honest with you. So it's, right, it's kind of before uh, Malachi and Haggai and there's Zephaniah and Haggai and Zechariah. I mean, dear Lord. Anyway, good luck trying to find it, all right? So, one of the things we unpacked, and I really want to unpack today with our big idea, just in case you have to leave early or something like that. This is our big idea today. That you can run from God, but you can't outrun God. You can run from God, but you can't outrun God. Let's say that together if we could. You can run from God, but you can't outrun God. That is good news. That, that is great news. That even though we can run from God, and God lets us run from him, we looked at that last week, we can't outrun things. That is a good thing. That's not a bad thing. And today I want to show you today that for many of you, this is kind of where we ended last week, for many of you, you're like, Chris, how did you know? Because we're going to see some very specific things happen with everybody who runs from God. Everybody. I mean, and some of you think your situation is unique, and you need to know it's not unique. It's unique to you because it's happened to you, because you're just now experiencing. But everybody else around you would say it's not unique. In fact, there are a few specific things that happen across the board, no matter whether you ran from God 20 years ago or if you're just now starting to put him in your rearview mirror. My goal to, for really today is just to pry you out of your smugness and thinking that you're unique or you're different or you know what what you're tempted to do right now nobody else has been tempted to do let me tell you that's a lie that it doesn't matter where you're at in your spiritual walk or whether you're just amazing or if you're just beginning we can run from God but that's never a good place Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 says this the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai, and he said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. We talked about where Nineveh is last week, right? It's in modern day Iraq, Mosul, right? All right. In fact, how many of y'all have been there? You need to like, email me some pictures. I'd love to see them, all right? Sweet. Um, now, announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. God had looked down upon the city of Nineveh and saw its wickedness and didn't do anything. God just put up with it. 
He put up with it, and he put up with it, and put up with it until he decided, you know what, I've had about enough. And before I just turn off the lights, I'm going to give them one more opportunity to change. In God's grace, and in his mercy, and in his kindness, and his patience, God sends decides to send Jonah, a prophet, to warn them just one more time that if you don't get your act together as a nation, I'm going to turn the lights out. I'm going to have to judge you. Verse 3, but Jonah, dear Lord, but Jonah got up and went where? The opposite direction. We talked a lot about that last week. We're going to look at it again. The opposite direction in order to get away from the Lord. He went down to the seacoast to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He, brought, he bought a ticket and went on board, hoping that by going away to the west, what was he thinking? He could what? Escape from the Lord. Now, we looked at these uh, maps last week, but let's go ahead and throw these maps up again this week. God told Jonah, all right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to Nineveh. All right, and we looked at last week, that's 550 miles God was asking Jonah to go. I want you to go 550 miles to the east. All right, now, where did Jonah run to? He decided to go to Tarshish, all right, which was 2,500 miles away from the opposite direction to the west. I mean, this guy, when he ran, he said, oh, yeah, I am definitely running. He went totally in the opposite direction. And some of you know exactly what we talked about. We talked about this last week, that he decided to get on a boat. And, he, and, he, and, he, and if you think about this, this boat ride would have taken over a year to get to. A lot of commentators say. So here's the kicker, and this is where our big idea was last week, that every time we run from God, we run to dangerous, strange, unstable places. Because if you're going to run from God, one of the most dangerous places you could go is get in a boat. It would be like some of you saying, you know what, I'm going to run from God, I'm going to go hand gliding. I'm going to go, I'm going to run from God, I'm going to jump out of a plane with a parachute. Some of you are saying, I've got to do that this week. All right. Stop running from God. Heads up. All right. Um, for others of you, you're like, you know what? I'm going to run from God. I'm going to go scuba diving with sharks. I, I, I'm going to run from God. I am going to go camping in the mountains of Afghanistan. And some of you are like, I'm getting ready to do that too. Well, all right. Just heads up. All right. I mean, it's, 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 if you run from God, go to someplace safe. But that's what we looked at last week is every time we run from God, we don't go to safety. And, and, and there's a huge principle behind that because when we run from the author of life, when we run from the person of wisdom, I mean, he is wisdom personified. When we run from wisdom, the only place to run to is what? Foolishness. When you run from life, the only place to run to is death. But you see, it looks good to us. Well, there's a, there's a proverb that says that. There is a, a way that seems right to a person, to a man, but in the end it leads to death. You see, every time we run from God, we run to unstable places. That's what we looked at. Our our first point we're going to be looking at today is this. Runners' lives eventually start to unwind and to unravel. Runners' lives eventually start to unwind and to unravel. Eventually they begin to self-destruct. 
people who run from God eventually begin to self-destruct, not overnight, not in a weekend, not 15 minutes after that decision, but eventually people will begin to self-destruct. And here's why. Because when you turn your back on God, you turn your back on the source of wisdom and truth in life. When you turn your back on God, you run from the source of wisdom and truth, and you begin to make unwise, misinformed decisions. You don't mean to. It's not intentional. You think you're doing the right thing. But when you turn your back on God, you turn your back on the source of wisdom and truth, you make unwise, uninformed decisions. Now look at the next three words in this text. I love Jonah chapter 1 verse 4. This is how it begins. But as the ship was sailing along, look at that next word. Suddenly the what? Suddenly the Lord. Suddenly the Lord. Suddenly. Let's say those three words. Suddenly the Lord. As the ship was sailing along, see Jonah, he got on the ship to get away from God. But one of the things he's going to realize is just because you get on a ship going in the opposite direction, many times God may send a storm to grab your attention. And that's exactly what happens. But as the ship was sailing along, suddenly the Lord. Jonah decides to run and the Lord begins to act. Let me tell you a little bit about runners. When you are running from God, eventually you're going to have some suddenly the Lord moments and events in your life. You are. I mean, some of you, you're like chuckling. You're like, yeah, I mean, you've, you've been there because you're like, yeah, I can tell you about mine. But here's what the text says. But as the ship was sailing along, suddenly the Lord flung a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to send them to the bottom. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors, by the way, these sailors, they, this is what they do for a living. I mean, they've been through a lot of storms, but they've never seen a storm quite like this one. Why? Because the Lord flung the storm. The desperate sailors shouted to their gods. So these sailors, by the way, everybody's ever, you've heard the term cussing like a sailor, right? I mean, these guys have stopped cussing, and they've started, I mean, they've, they've started singing, you know, mighty do save. I mean, they are, they're, they're putting around the offering bucket. I mean, they're getting spiritual. Isn't it crazy how when things go a wrong way, all of us have a tendency to, you know, to become like foxhole Christians, all right? All right? So the sailors shouted to their gods for help, and look at this, and they threw what? The cargo. By the way, what is cargo? That's how they make their money. That's how they make their living. You see, they're going to Spain to Tarshish to be able to make some money they're taking which means they're going to get there and once since they've thrown their cargo away, overboard they're not going to get any money and they're probably going to get fired they've thrown their cargo overboard to lighten the ship and all this time where's jonah he is down asleep in the hold dear lord the, the sailors are up there, and they're throwing their cargo overboard. They're rowing. They're praying. You know, they're, I mean, I mean, they're collecting up an offering bucket, whatever, you know, spiritual people do. And Jonah, the spiritual one, he's downstairs sawing some logs. That don't make no sense. 
But let me tell you, that uncovers another principle for people who run. And if you're running here today, you, I mean, this principle applies to you as it applies to me as it applies to everybody. Here's the second principle. Runners always hurt the people who are in close proximity. Runners always hurt the people who are in close proximity. If you live with, if you date someone, if you hang out with somebody who's running from God, as their life unravels, as their life unwinds, your life will ne- be negatively impacted. In the story of Jonah, he gets on a ship, a storm swells up, the sailors who are sailing the ship are about to lose their lives. They have to jettison all their cargo, which means they're not going to get any money. And what did these sailors do wrong? The only thing they did was they sold a ticket to a guy who was running from God. Dads, men, if you're in here this morning and you're running from God, your wife and your kids will be injured by the shrapnel of your life. And it won't be their fault. They are innocent victims. And you can pray, and you can ask God to bless them and protect them, but that's just what's going to happen. Because they're hanging out with you, and you are running from God. Teenager, do you know why your parents overreact by the people you hang out with? Do you know the reason why your parents, I mean, fly off the handle by somebody you say you're going to start dating? It's very simple. Because they're a third party that looks at your life, and they're starting to scratch their heads, and they're going, what? You're going to date who? You're going to hang out... With what? When you start to, to look up and hook up with somebody who's running from God, everybody who knows better on the outside, everybody who's been there, everybody who loves you knows this. Your heart may be pure, you may be right, on, and you may be even following God's course for your life. But if you hook up somebody with too close, if you hook up too close with somebody who is running from God, you will be injured. Period. We have a generation of young people in this country who are going to pay the price, possibly for the rest of their life, because moms and dads chose to be runners. Chose to say, you know what? I want to be happy, so I'm going to walk away from my marriage and walk away from my commitment. They thought they could protect their kids, but there's no way to do it. And it's a principle. Because people who run injure people who run too close to them. You know, it reminds me of a story. Um, good friend of mine, his name is Brian, and I grew up with Brian. And uh, Brian's parents, um, after he got out of high school, decided to get a divorce. They had been unhappy for quite some time, but they decided, you know what, we're going to stick in it for the kids until they graduate high school. And thinking that um, it won't bother Brian or his sister that bad. But it did. And it really negatively impacted Brian. So much so that Brian really was scared to death for years about getting married. Because he didn't want to get married and end up in a divorce like his parents. I mean, how can a a mom and dad say that they're going to be there forever? And I do, and they walk out. And some of you know exactly the pain of that. Because just statistically in here, many of you... You've experienced the pain of somebody walking out of your life, or you've experienced the pain of a parent leaving. 
And the crazy thing about that is I knew his parents, loved his parents, but I tell you, they did a number on Brian. So much so that Brian got married, and after six weeks, his new wife said, I'm gone. And it just crushed it. Because we have a generation in our country who pay the price because their mom and dad were runners. People who run injure the people who run too close to them. The third principle I want to look at today is runners are often the last person to make the connection. Runners are often the last people to connect the dots. Totally. Right? I mean, that's huge. And it may be your story as well, that they're often the last person to make the connection of, of between their decision to run from God and the chaos that begins to take place in their lives. I mean, they, they see the chaos going on over here, and they scratch their head going, how come this is happening? And everybody around them is going, it's because you did this. But they don't see the connection. As an outsider, as a parent, as a grandparent, maybe even as a son or a daughter, you watch your parents' marriage or their individual lives kind of unravel. From the outside, you look at the decisions that they're making, and how they turn their back on God, and you look at the chaos that ensues, and you look at the consequences, and you look at the results, and it's so clear that these two things are connected. But the runner is the last person to get it. Runners are often the last ones to see the connection between their decision to run from God and the chaos that ensues in their life. So Jonah goes down to the belly of the boat, and he decides to go to sleep. It doesn't like he's not thinking, maybe this is happening because of me. He doesn't even think that. He's snoozing. Look at verse 5. And about all about this time, Jonah was sound asleep in the hold. So the captain went down after him. <laughs> He's getting ready to connect the dots for Jonah. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted. Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will have mercy on us and spare our lives. In other words, isn't it obvious? that I mean, of all the things you should be doing, sleep is like the last thing you should be doing? Isn't it obvious that we're about to sink? Isn't it obvious that this is going to cost us? Isn't it obvious that we had to throw our cargo overboard? Isn't it obvious that we might die? Isn't it obvious that we may never reach our destination of Spain? Isn't it obvious that we're sinking? You know what this means if you're a father or if you're a mother, if you're a parent? The chaos that you create in your home that impacts your children, the chaos that you create maybe in your business because you're running from God, the chaos you create in relationships because you're running from God, it's your children, they're going to see it before you do. Your business partners will see it before you do. Because people who run from God are the last people to connect the dots, to say, maybe I should do something about this. The people who love you the most will see it before you do. That's huge. And I see it all the time because I, I do a lot of counseling. And people come into my office and they go, you know, this is happening. And as, we start at, I, as I start asking questions, I mean, it's obvious to me that the reason why this is happening over here is because they're choosing to go this route. But it's not obvious to them. They're maybe sleeping around on a spouse, and they're wondering why their relationship, their marriage is not working. Or maybe they're using pornography in their relationship, and they're kind of scratching their heads going, how come when I don't feel close? Or they're stealing in their job, or maybe they're even stealing from God. 
and they start scratching their heads going, how come I can't pay my bills? They're the last people to be able to connect the dots. So Jonah's asleep. The captain's come down and goes, hey, Jonah, um, we're having a prayer meeting up on deck, up on the poop deck. Would love for you to be there. Come on up. In fact, we don't even care what gods you pray to because we got all kinds of different gods. Let's just, let's just let's shotgun the approach. You pray to this God, I pray to this God, and hopefully one of the gods, they're going to take a chill and, oh, everything will be okay. So they pray, they have this prayer meeting, and the storm doesn't ha- change. In fact, let me just stop right here. If you're praying, if you're running from God and you're praying that the storm would subside, it won't. For some of you, you're like, God, please let this circumstance go away. But the reason why he's not letting it go away, and this is our big idea for next week, is because the reason why God disciplines us is not to pay us back, but to win us back and to bring us back to him. But So if you're praying, God, get rid of the storm, but you're running from God, he ain't going to answer that prayer. Why? Because sometimes he sends a storm to get our attention. So they're praying and that doesn't work. So then they decide to cast lots. Now, let me explain what this is. They had like had some dice, right? And they took the dice and they blew on it, because that's what you do with dice. And you roll it and you throw it out. And what it is, is they would pick numbers and they would cast lots. And it's amazingly what happens. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, who won it? Jonah. <laughs> I mean, this is not something you should do. I mean, normally, hey, what's God's will? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> but it worked here. It worked here. They're trying to figure out which is the culprit who ticked off the gods, and, and, it, and it fell to Jonah. And look what happens, verse 8. What have you done to bring this awful storm down upon us, they demanded? Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? I mean, they are barraging him with tons of questions. And Jonah answered, listen to this. Listen to how pious he is. I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord. Well, good for you. In fact, some of you, that's it. You know what? I'm good because I went to church. Right? I'm good. Me and God are great because I went to church. Let me tell you, you and God are not great because you went to church. Because if you're running from God, many times he will send storms, and you can even talk a good talk. Because it's not just about the talk, it's about which way you're walking. Are you going to go 550 this way or 2,500 miles in the opposite direction? And Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. And at this point, I'm thinking, he's thinking, I should have stayed on the land, right? Then he told them that he was running away from the Lord. Then the sailors were terrified when they heard this. And what did they say? They said, oh, why did you do it? They groaned. I mean, this dude says, you know, I'm a preacher, and I worship God, and I love Jesus, and I am running away from him. <laughs> well, great. I mean, some of you, you may be like that. You, you, before you get on an airplane, like maybe you like pray and you like confess all your sins because you don't want the plane to go down because of your junk, right? And that's cool, but what about the person in 23B, right? Because you don't know exactly what he did, right? I mean, these sailors, they're confessing, they're having a prayer meeting, and now the person who's the problem is the person who is the God follower. 
Isn't that something? So, what they, they said, what should we do, Jonah? What should we do with you? And he said, the only thing you can do is to throw me overboard. And they're like, no, I don't think we're going to do that. So they start trying to row towards shore, and it doesn't really get them anywhere. And they, and they tried and tried, and they prayed and they prayed, and they kept on paddling, and they were getting nowhere. And finally, you know what? They said, you know what, maybe you're right. They threw him over. They prayed, and they said, God, forgive us, and they threw him in there. Then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped when? Uh, that's exactly right. Immediately, at once. Exactly right. They throw Jonah off, and the problem is gone. I wonder if your, your, your employer would say that about you. They get the Christian out of your job, out of the company, maybe out of your battalion, out of the platoon, and things would be going a lot better. Wow. I mean, he is there. The, the storm is immediately, it's calm. And there he is bobbing. Is bobbing. In fact, we're going to read next week a little bit more about what's happening while he's in the water. But look at verse 17. I love verse 17. Verse 17 says, Now the Lord did what? Had arranged. Now let's just stop right there. Back in verse 4, it was suddenly the Lord. Now it's now the Lord. Let's just read that together. Now the Lord. Do it again. Now the Lord. Now the Lord. It's amazing. I mean, some of you, you're experiencing now the Lord moments in your life. I mean, and do you know you're the last person to see it? Everybody else is seeing around you, but you're seeing some now the Lord, suddenly the Lord moments in your life because when you run, God doesn't abandon you. You hear what I'm saying? Because you can, you can run from God, but you can't outrun God. He doesn't abandon you. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and for three nights. And I love this next verse, chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. And you know what? I bet he did pray. Because what else are you going to do inside of a fish but pray? We know when to pray, don't we? I tell you, we know when to pray. When we're flat on our back, when, when, when the people are calling, wanting their money, when the marriage is over, we know when to pray. But let me tell you, Jonah wasn't doing a lot of praying up on the deck. And some of you, maybe the reason why the storms have come in your life, maybe the reason. Some of them, it may be you've caused. Some of it, it may be that's just happening to you. Maybe the reason is because God is wanting not to pay you back as we're going to look at next week, but to win you back, to bring you back, because God loves you. Because we can run from God, but we can't outrun God. That's huge. God doesn't abandon us. God will arrange some storms and some fish in your life, because God chases us. God waits for us. God arranges a fish. Think about this. I mean, can you imagine being Jonah, and we don't know what type of fish... Uh, and next week I'm going to be talking about, this is not the first time a person's been swallowed by a fish and lived. It's happened on three other different occurrences that we know in history. And the latest one was back in the late 1800s we're going to be looking at next week. But can you imagine if this, let's say, is a whale 
or maybe even a great white shark. Can you imagine? He, he's there and he's seeing this, this Jaws theme coming towards him. Because God arranges sometimes us to be swallowed whole so that we can finally be on our knees and look up to God and start praying to him. God arranges a fish to swallow Jonah, and sometimes God will arrange something for you as why. And here's the reason why, because throughout the Bible, we're reminded in both the Old and New Testaments that God is a God of grace and love and patience, and God is our Heavenly Father, and we are His children. And God relates to us like a Heavenly Father does to a child. He is our dad. And for some of you, you had great fathers. For others of you, you had some really jacked up dads. And that's hard for you to be able to see God and hear that God is your father. But this God is not wanting just to put the belt to you because it's fun. This God is not saying, you know what, you can just do whatever the mess you want to do because I'm not putting any rules out there. You can just run as far away as you want to. No, this Heavenly Father is just like the father in the prodigal son story. He lets the son go, but he runs to the son once the run once the sun comes to his senses. He's like the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel chose to go their own way, but God was patient and continued to love the nation of Israel through it. And some of you, you're choosing to do your own thing. And let me tell you what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 and 12 says. Great verse as we close. So listen to what it says. My child, don't reject the Lord's, what is that next word? discipline there it is discipline and don't be upset when he corrects you for the lord corrects those he what's that next word loves just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights what we see illustrated in the story of jonah is what's taught throughout the entire bible that many times in his grace and his mercy, he will involve himself in the unraveling and the unwinding of our lives. That in his grace and his mercy, he will plop down in the middle of our consequences, in the middle of the pain, and will oftentimes exaggerate the consequence and exaggerate the pain, not to pay us back, but to win us back and to bring us back. Why? Because God loves us, but he lets us run but we can't outrun it. He loves you. And as we close today, I, I just I want to kind of wrestle with this for you just for a little bit longer because some of you, you're like, you know you're running. It may be in a big area. It may be in a small area. Next week, we're going to do something differently, something that we've never done at one church. And I want to go ahead and put it out there and to prepare you what we're doing next week. Because next week, we're going to give you guys and ladies a chance to respond and to come back to God. We're going to just have this open area front down just so that, and we're not going to have people down here. We just want, if you feel like it's time to stop running, next week, we're just going to open it up for you just to be able to come and pray and say, yeah, I've been running, but I'm coming back. Now, that's next week. I want to say this. If, if you can't wait till next week, 
I mean, if you just can't wait, if between now and next week you keep thinking, you know, how, how did Chris know? How did he know this is, this is where I'm at spiritually? Well, nobody emailed me. I've not been tapping into your computer. I don't have any type of bug on your phone. How I know is because it's not unique to you. Because I have ran from God. And I've experienced the pain, the consequences of storms and fish swallowing me. And I'm sure you have as well. Because many times it doesn't work out the way we want it to. The thrill becomes an addiction. What was incredible becomes a nightmare. What was so much fun now has nothing but debt. We run to all the wrong places, but our Heavenly Father chases us because He loves us. Not because He hates us, but because He loves us. Because we can't outrun God. So if you're here today, and this is the story of your life, maybe just the story of your past few months, I want you to hear clearly. God loves you. He has not abandoned you. The chaos that you're going through can be the reason why the chaos you're going through is because God has sent a storm in your direction to bring you back because you can't outrun God. Is that you? It is. Let me pray. Dear God, I just pray, Lord, for those men and women who are here today. Lord, um, the reason why I know this is applicable to all of us is because, Lord, all of us have ran from you. Your word says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that while we were yet sinners, you died for us, which means all of us have went astray. All of us have chosen to go our own way. When, God, you say, I want it done this way, Lord, we have chosen our way. And, Lord, we've, we've reaped the consequences. Some of us are still reaping the consequences. Lord, just as we, we're going to look at Jonah next week, Lord, I love you because you're the God of the second chance. And you will use us even though we run. You will use us because we run. That you never let us go. Lord, just as we've been looking the past few weeks in, in Romans chapter 8, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Not even our own running. Lord, thank you, Lord, for giving us a guy like a, named Jonah, not somebody who's perfect, somebody we can't relate to, but somebody who smells like fish vomit. Because that is how many of our lives smell right now, especially when we're running from you, Jesus. In the name that we pray. Amen.